Good morning, everyone. It's Monday, January 13th, and you are listening to Steps Talk, a podcast brought to you by Steps Care, a nonprofit based out of Bentonville, Arkansas, that is all about inspiring disability ministry. I'm your host, Shelly Allen. I'm the founder and executive director of Steps Care, and I am so glad that you are here with us today. This is the second week of January, and we have a lot to talk about this week, so stay tuned. I think you're going to be inspired. Good morning, everyone. We are so excited about the second season of the podcast. Steps Care celebrated its fourth birthday in 2019, and we have accomplished so much. We inspire disability ministry through the conversations that we have right here on the podcast. We are growing our website to be a resource for faith communities to start and grow their own ministries for their local communities. This is a big deal to us. This is something that we started out of our own necessity. We needed a faith community that knew how to support our family. And um, so we, we grew Steps Care. Um, year after year, we have grown, and we continue to try to provide some really great resources that can help support and inspire um, others to grow special needs ministry so other families just like ours can have an opportunity to connect and grow in their own faith community. And a faith community of their own choosing is really important to be able to choose where you go and to have the support that that you need there is so important. So last week we talked about some of the newbies to our team and we're still trying to work in a time for an interview with our new board members. Um, We'll get them on here eventually. We're so excited about having them here and they've already contributed so much to um, the work that we're doing here and we're just so excited to have them here. Um, This week's This week, I started back to school. (laughs) It was a four-week vacation, and um, I'm not sure I'm really ready to go back. (laughs) I was going over the coursework and, you know, kind of digging into the first week of assignments, and I, um, I guess I was inspired by by what I was seeing in the first week's assignments to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, So I'm taking classes to finish up. I have a, my degree will be a Bachelor of Science in Education um, with kind of a specialty in um, special education with a minor in autism. So I'm going to be finishing up some of my minor courses for my autism degree. And um, we started off the semester talking about the history of autism. And, you know, I... We've done this for a while now. Joshua will be 13 in May. And I I guess I never thought to look at the history and what it involved in those early years of autism diagnosis and what people went through. And when I, in, I I'm an online student, so some of the some of the classes have these video clips that they'll kind of link into the course. And this um, this teacher in the class that I'm in, she she was talking about um, back in like the 50s and how how children were diagnosed with autism and kind of this idea that their moms were at fault. They called them refrigerator moms. And 
I'm sorry, I, I didn't know this. This was something that was new to me and I'm, I'm learning it for the first time. And it really it was kind of eye-opening to me, but it also kind of made me mad. I was like, how could they do that? <laughs> um, but we still see some of that today. I'm, I'm a mom of children with autism and, um, and people still judge me in consistently with, with my children's diagnosis. And I guess every time that I am, like somebody says something, you know, that kind of points the finger back at me as to why my kids do the things that they do or, you know, how they're developing, it throws me off, off guard. And I, I'm, I'm shocked by it because still so many people are making these just off the wall concessions about why why our children have autism and I, this refrigerator mom idea just really <laughs> you guys i i don't know like it really got me thinking about things and um and it it breaks my heart i have i guess my ministry and and what I feel personally about my own ministry goes further than just working with students who have special needs, but it it goes, my heart goes to families because I'm not just working with students. I'm working with families, and I see that as a part of the process. Yes. And um, and so, you know, today I I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um. In, in this documentary, they, they would say that moms were not nurturing enough, that they were cold, and that they basically, uh, it was their fault that, that their children were not making eye contact, that they weren't talking, that they were socially awkward, because they were not played with enough, or they weren't, they weren't being talked to enough, that children were being dismissed and, and avoided, and you know, while this is a very archaic idea and it was it was initiated during the late 40s and early 50s and and the documentaries that I, I had researched since I I had been introduced to this idea of the refrigerator mom um, was basically bunching this idea together with the idea that mom like back in that that time frame mom's identity was kind of surrounded around how their children performed. If they had good, well-behaved children, then they were a good mom. And that, you know, and I still see some of this ideology today. And, and it just got me thinking that I'm like, well, maybe, maybe, you know, history, history's continuing to repeat itself here with this idea and, and I'm just like, man, you know, maybe, maybe this just needs to be left in the past. I don't know. But we still have families. We still have people that are in our churches, in our faith communities that still think this way. And they, they are harshly and inaccurately putting judgment on mamas. And mamas, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that your child has autism or any other diagnosis for that matter. It's not your fault. And it's 
while right now autism is such a spectrum disorder, there are no, like we, the research is still out on a lot of the ideas on what causes it and, and how we can, how we can better bring treatment, um, and intervention to, um, to individuals that are impacted by autism. There's so many different ideas out there. And placing blame back on the mamas, I, I just think that, wow. So, like I was talking about before, one aspect of my of special needs ministry is what are we able to do to support the mamas and the daddies and the siblings as they walk this journey with special needs. Parenting is hard. Moms and dads are facing a great deal of tough decisions. And they're, they're doing it while they're managing, managing various care needs and the daily, just the everyday life needs, you know, providing um, food, clothing, shelter, <laughs> all of those basic needs. These families are already doing that part of it while also making sure that IEPs are set up correctly and supportively for their, for their children and that there's you know, that there's activities for their children to be a part of and, and, and their many parents end up going, going into advocacy and, and fighting a, a bigger platform of, um, accommodations and, and building supports for, for families, um, just like theirs. And so they're doing all of this, you know, amazing things. And as a ministry leader, I want you to consider as you're planning your year this year, I want you to figure, kind of plan into your calendar ways that you can lift up and encourage parents and provide opportunities for those siblings that are all under the same roof. Like we, we talk about respite nights a lot here on the podcast, and I just think that it's a great option that you can um, provide for, for, for these families and you know, you can put it on your calendars monthly. Maybe you do it quarterly. You know, some people um, will do it during the school years. Every month during the school year, they get they do a respite night for families. But I just hope that some that churches see and they see this opportunity to open doors and provide this sense of community and support for these families, because placing blame on them is not the answer. It's just not the answer. And so many times we don't understand everything that's going on. My goodness, if everybody knew everything that, uh, every challenge that we had in our house, I mean, people wouldn't leave me alone. They, they would probably, <laughs> you know, I get people telling me, oh, I just feel so sorry for you. You're, you know, you talk about how amazing I am. And, and they really have no idea what's going on behind the doors of our home. I mean, you know, for many nights we don't sleep. There's so many, there's so many aspects to it. And I'm not going to go into all of that because I don't, I'm not, I'm, it's not important to me. It's just what we do to take care of our kids and, and to have the support of a community beyond that without any judgment, without any, you know, any type of preconceived ideas as to why our kids are the way that they are needs to just come to this just needs to come to a halt we need to stop this pushing blame off and and calling out judgments on families when it's unnecessary 
I'll tell you this. One of the things that just drives me nuts as a mama, I, I try to keep my kids clean. <laughs> um, we, we go through so many clothes in a day just because they wipe their hands on their, on their clothes. They, you know, well, my kids still eat kind of messy and, and invariably like I'll change them. I know that we're about ready to head out of the house. I make sure that they've got their shoes on. I make sure that they've got socks on. I make sure that their shirts are turned right side out. Um, and, you know, and they, they look presentable to the world, but invariably I'll get to the car no matter how long or how hard I try to keep them looking clean and neat. By the time they get to the car, they've got something on them, on their face, on their clothes, on their hands. It's impossible sometimes. And no matter how hard I try, it's always a part of it. And there was, there was a time where I would, I would lose my ever loving mind every time I would see that my kids were messy again. And they weren't well put together and, you know, all of this stuff. And I would lose sleep over it at night, you know, just thinking about, I wonder what they were thinking about me. You know, there was one time I ended up, (laughs) we ended up at church and my son had one shoe that was one style. And then he had a different, a completely different shoe on and it was the wrong foot even. And we made it to church and here he was with two different shoes on and they were on the wrong feet. And I couldn't even change them because it was it was the same foot for both types of shoes. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this is happening. And, you know, and I want, I think that it's important to try. Now, parents, don't get me wrong. I think that it is important to try to make our children look presentable, that we present them, you know, that we do a good job of taking care of them. But at the end of the day, enough is enough, right? I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't wear yourself out over the little things. These are little things in the big scheme of it all. And I, I you just, you can't place judgment. There's just no, there's no call for it. And many of our kids have so many sensory issues when they get to church, you know, they're ready to strip because moms and dads have put them in their nicest clothes and it's itchy and they don't like the shoes because the shoes are, you know, not comfortable. Um, I know with our son, I, I've pretty much just written off shoes altogether and just stuck with Crocs because, I mean, it. he just goes through shoes so much and they're, it's just, it's so hard to so hard to keep him in shoes and those are the shoes he likes those are the shoes that he will actually wear and I don't have to worry about getting to church and there be two different shoes on his feet for some reason Crocs are what works for him and um, I know that there's a lot of families that that do that we had a we had a student that come dressed with button-down shirt and socks on and then he had a pair of Crocs on and the mom was like I couldn't get his dress shoes on and I just I just gave her a great big hug and I said, he looks amazing. He looks so good. I'm glad that you brought him to church today. Now, that's the response that I, I'm trying to get to you all today. When it comes to parenting, children with special needs or any child for that matter, 
parents work really hard, especially when they're, they've got young kids. And, and when you have kids with special needs, many times they're not so young anymore. Sometimes, you know, they're growing up, they're turning into teenagers, and we're still having some of these same challenges. It's never the place to put judgment on a mom that is trying her best or a dad that is really just being supportive and doing the best job that he knows how. Their best is exactly what we want from them. If that's what they're doing, then that's what, whether they're doing their best or not, it's not my business. I am there to be positive, to stay positive, and to encourage Never assume that you understand what a mom and dad is going through in their home. I can't say this enough. Stay positive. Love on these parents. Seriously, they deserve your kindness and love big time. Just shower them with love, encouragement. Talk to their kiddos. Give their kiddos hugs and loves. And and just really support and love on those families because they need it. They need all that encouragement because they're going through They're going through so much already. They don't need an additional thing to worry about in their day just because, you know, you've got your nose in the air at them because you don't understand what they're going through. Enough's enough. There's never, this is never the place to, to be judgmental. It's not our business as ministry leaders, leaders to know why a child has a special need. Um, I'm the first to say this. I love getting to know my students. I love to to research their diagnosis. I love to know what's going on in their world. I love to look at their their evaluations because it's it's fascinating to me. But I always have to be careful because I tend to overstep sometimes. And I know this about myself. Some parents are not are not as into this stuff and in having an evaluation shared with you know their Sunday school teacher or their support staff um isn't isn't what they want to do and so always be careful about that but um but when it comes it's just not our business to know why and you know a lot of parents they they wouldn't even know why I don't know why my kids have autism it's just they just do and you know, each child, each student is a unique and beautiful gift. Love on them and love on their families big time. Just do whatever you can to shower them with support and love and encouragement. I just think that that's the most important thing. Don't you? I mean, it just kind of sounds like the most important thing to do. Oh, excuse me. Tis the season for coughs and things like that. That's the first cough I've had in a while. Anyways, thank you for listening to my rant this morning. Um, with such a big history of nastiness toward families, I just think that we need to start rewriting history. Let's make things better. Let's be better. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Join us next Monday for another inspiring conversation about disability ministry. For more information about what we do here at Steps Care, please check out our website at stepscare.com.
www.thepeopleshop.org. There's a lot of great resources there, and I think you're going to enjoy them. To get involved with what we're doing here at Steps Care, please send us an email. If you'd like to volunteer and be a part of our team, we would love to have you a part of that. You don't even have to be in Arkansas to be a part of the team. We do a lot of our work um, online anyways because we're all pretty busy. We all have, well, the majority of our team has children with, with special needs and um, we all bring a little bit of crazy to the table. And, and so we try to keep um, the time that we spend, you know, spend in board meetings and that kind of thing to a minimum. And um, if you've got insight and you would like to, to bring some more goodies to, to the table, please send us an email. Reach out to us. Connect. Um, you can send us an email um, to, to talk at stepscare.org. That's T-A-L-K at stepscare.org. We'll see you next week, and I hope you've been inspired.